Introducing the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. With 25 million copies in print, learn how the Don't Sweat Wisdom can help you achieve greater mental health and better communication with your family, friends, and coworkers from a beloved teacher. Rediscover your passion, joy, and self-compassion to awaken your most vibrant life. Hi, and welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. Wow, I cannot believe it is the beginning of a new year. Don't you just get that feeling every time the calendar rolls over and you see that new number? 2016. Woohoo! Cheers to that. Wow. And I don't know about you, but 2015 was some year of what I call a year of completions. So before I begin on this podcast with you, let's go ahead and begin our new year with our first golden pause of the year. So wherever you are, um, unless of course you're driving, don't do this if you're driving, but you can tune into your breath when you're driving. And when you're driving um, is a time where you might find yourself, your mind wandering while you're on the road. So this is a great time to practice bringing yourself back to the present moment, which is what a golden pause is all about. It's about coming back into your body, being present in your breath, and tuning into your gratitude. So let's begin with that and just take three very deep breaths with me. And as you breathe in, I want you to notice your belly and your chest expanding. If you're able to sit, just sit comfortably with your legs uncrossed, your neck upright in an alert position, and your um, hands unfolded at your lap. And just begin to breathe. Breathing in sunlight, expanding your chest and your belly, allowing sunlight to fill every part of your being, all the way to the top of your head, all the way to your tips of your fingers and your toes, and just allow sunlight to come in. As you breathe in deeply, let go deeply, exhaling deeply, let go long, exhaling long, and just let out a sigh. Let out the tension from your body. Breathe in again. Exhale, letting go. Breathe in love. Let go of fear. And this time, as you breathe in, gently place your hand on your heart. Just activating your heart, opening your heart. And spend a moment in gratitude. Gratitude for a person, a place, a thing, a moment, a conversation or just gratitude for breathing. Feeling grateful, allowing your heart to expand. Breathing in sunlight. Letting go of fear. Feeling ever so grateful for being alive. 
ahead and open your eyes. And let's begin. So every new year, I think of a word. And it's a word that I really truly um, arrive at at the end of the year. And I encourage you to do this exercise for yourself that, you know, writing New Year's resolutions are great, but oftentimes it's sort of um, also really amazing to put your last year to bed and think about where you are now and where you are presently, all that you've learned, all that you've grown, um, the lessons of the past year, the blessings of the past year, the great things, the things that have been hard, the obstacles you've had to overcome too. You know, when you spend some time contemplating these things, what can emerge is where you are now and what you'd really like to embrace in this coming year. So for me, my word this year is sovereign. Now, sovereign is a very interesting word. When I think of sovereign, I always think of Queen Elizabeth and how sovereign a queen she was and how successful a queen she was in her sovereignty. There's a few reasons why I feel this way. You know, I, I look at her as an example that she really did in um, some ways decide that her career as a queen um, was the most prominent part of her life. And because I think that she took her commitment to serving her public very, very, um, it was a devotion for her. And so probably, um, even though she had a lover and she had love in her life, she probably knew that in her heart that she was going to best serve in a sovereign capacity. Now, sovereign to me does not mean being alone. So that if you are partnered or married or um, in a place in your life where you're single, um, you could think of sovereign as becoming a whole and complete woman or man. Whole and complete. 100% responsible for yourself. 100% responsible for your self-awareness. 100% responsible for your actions. Completely self-governing. 100% responsible for your own happiness and your own life. To me, that's what it means to be sovereign. And for me, at this stage of my life, I can best serve you and serve love and serve life by embracing my sovereignty, by embracing this path that I have found myself on and this heroine's journey. So I recently did a talk for a wonderful summit called the Titan Summit, invited by Robin Sharma, who is a performance and leadership expert in business and entrepreneurial um, work. He, he really is at the top of his field and the top of his game. And I was so honored to be invited to this amazing summit as a speaker. And he asked me to speak on several topics regarding mental health and well-being, all of the wisdom that I've gleaned over the years, and also about what it means to be brave amidst the large pivot turn of change. 
This was a topic that I'd never really spoken on before, bravery. Yet, he recognized, recognized and recognizes in my journey something that I also recognize, and that is that as a widow, as a woman um, who basically had an extremely feminine life, you know, because I was really that other half of Richard, and he was that other half of me, you know, having grown up in a marriage um, for 18 years, when I was 18 years old, excuse me, but a marriage that was, you know, 25 years long, at least our relationship was 25 years, we were married for almost 22 years before he passed. But I was 18 years, 18 years old when I met Richard, and I barely even knew what it was to have a checking account. So he and I really learned how to be adults together. And Richard was far more adult at 20 than I was at 18. He was very, very sovereign already at a 20-year-old age, very whole and complete. He had been really raised very right by his parents, very raised very independently. He was um, an All-American athlete and at the top of his tennis game. So he had accomplished a lot in, in his 20 years. So anyways, my point to that being that over the years of our marriage, there were things that we deferred to each other, you know, in a partnership. And ultimately, it gave me the opportunity to really grow into a truly feminine woman as a partner, not as a submissive partner at all. Richard required me to be very independent, and I wanted to be independent. You know, one of our earliest married moments was, was us sitting on our kitchen floor and saying to each other, wow, you know, did we ruin an amazing relationship by getting married? <laughs> we were frustrated in the first couple months of our marriage and didn't know why. And what literally came out of my mouth was, I just feel so frustrated at this idea of marriage that now, you know, I have a man that's supposed to take care of me. And Richard looked at me square in the eye and he goes, is that what's going on with you? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, I have news for you. I don't want to take care of you. <laughs> and so that was really at the crux of our polishing of our, you know, marriage commitment was these beliefs that were embedded deeply in us about what it meant to be married. And when we let go of that, we realized that just because we married young, you know, we didn't want to give up. In some ways, we didn't want to give up what it means to be whole and complete. And yet, there were things that I deferred to Richard, um, things that I call in the masculine world that I deferred to him over the years, and he deferred to me in the feminine world. Although I have to say that in our home, he was probably more integrated into the feminine aspects of living because of having a very high estrogen home of me and our two daughters. So um, he was super integrated into the care of our children. Um, you know, that was the other thing when I got pregnant, I remember saying to him, you know, Richard, I, I, I don't want to do this. I, let's do this in partnership, you know, as much as possible. Let's be partners in this raising of our kids, because that was sort of the new paradigm, right? Like men no longer just, you know, took that providing role, but, but men could step in and be those nurturing, um, supporting partners to, to the mother and, in many ways, our household had, I always called like two mothers in it because while Richard was a very masculine man, a great provider, great hunter, he was also 
very integrated into the support and care of our children and loved doing that. So when he passed, when he suddenly transitioned, I had never been alone. You know, I had never been alone in my life. I had gone from my parents' home to Richard's arms at a very young age, at 18. And that was my greatest fear. My ego reared up and said, oh my God, you're going to be alone. You don't know how to be alone. You don't know how to do all this. You don't know how to run a global brand. You don't, you don't even know where all your bank accounts are. You know, th these are the things that besiege a new widow, you know, and especially when she's been in a long time partnership with a man who she's grown up with. So my greatest fear, though, was being alone. That was nine years ago. It was the very first thing I wrote in my journal. I'm afraid to be alone. Now, nine years later, I haven't been alone and I'm not alone and I have so much love and support, but nine years later, I've grown and learned just how capable I am at being a CEO, just how capable I am at running a global brand. And with the support of a wonderful dream team and assistant and people that I have um, hired to support me, I'm very capable of living very sovereign. And what's really beautiful is that I've had this past year has been um, what I call a year of completions. And I'm wondering if you felt that way, that if you look back on this past year, have you seen a lot of loose ends start to tie up? Have you, have you begin to let go of things that don't fit you very well? Um, I did a lot of that this last year and it, it wasn't like conscious. It was almost as if the universe was supporting me in all of these completions. So for example, you know, we had this horrible experience for seven years of having this cyber stalker and, and he was arrested a couple of years ago and, and stopped his activity when he was arrested, but the case completed this year. And so that was really powerful, you know, like powerful to see that end come to completion this year and that we were supported that, you know, that, um, I can't say that I feel happy that he's in prison. That doesn't, I don't have any joy or any, um, vindication that comes from that, except that bravo for the law, you know, bravo for the law to protect others that people begin to realize that just because they're online and just because they're in their privacy of their own home or their bedroom or wherever, it doesn't mean that you can harass, stalk, and um, infringe upon other people's lives in, in such a negative way. So bravo for the law. That's what I say. I, in my heart of hearts, have already gone through a letting go and forgiveness of this very insane ill person and, and just tried to see the innocence of his insanity in a way. And that was what released me and kept this whole thing in perspective the whole time I was going through it was just to remind myself that this was a person who just was crazy, you know, and, and I think that was 
the healthiest perspective I could maintain for me and my girls while we were going through this. So that was one thing. Another thing that happened was um, in 2010, ironically, just before I was receiving the um, Laureate Award for Spiritual Health and Wellbeing alongside Alice Waters and Sanjay Gupta, the day before, I'm not kidding you, I was walking on a trail with my golden retriever bear who was two years old. I had just retrieved him from training school, but he um, needed to run that day. It was a little bit breezy outside. It was a fall day and he needed to run. So I let him off his leash. Well, I was so absorbed in my thoughts about my speech that I was to give the next night um, for this awards dinner that I didn't notice that he'd run ahead on the trail. And he ran ahead on the trail and he met up with a group of women, one woman who he knew because she would say hello to him while I had him on his leash, but this time he was off leash. And when he ran up to her, he ran so fast and he jumped on her as he greeted her and she fell down. Well, when I came up upon her on the trail, I was just mortified realizing what had happened. You know, I was mortified. And, but you know, it's really funny because I had this intuition in my head. You know, I really did. I, I thought, wow, if this woman has been hurt, I bet there's going to be a lawsuit. And I did everything I could to, you know, apologize, to try and make it up to her. I, you know, I knew this woman. She had been um, a friend from our previous life. I'd lived next door to her. We, we were friends. And she used to bring books up to our house and have Richard sign them. And so I did everything I could to sort of, you know, ease her. I, you know, went grocery shopping for her. I gave her um, the gift certificate. I, you know, of course, I kept saying, would you please contact my insurance company to, you know, have your medical covered and all that. And, and nothing happened for about um, five years. And then suddenly, or I guess it was three years, and then suddenly, um, I realized that she was suing me for a million dollars. So it, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it all worked out fine. And, you know, it was, there was a, a reasonable settlement and all sorts of stuff that happened. And, you know, and I, I just kept it in perspective the whole time. You know, I, I knew that my dog should have been on a leash. I was fully responsible for that. I was distracted. Um, and, you know, I also had a golden retriever. I mean, I never worried about my golden retrievers ever hurting anyone. It was quite an accident, really. And she did break her shoulder, and, and she deserved to be compensated for that. And did she deserve a million dollars? No. And she didn't even get close to that. But I'm hoping and praying that what she did get was was um, ample compensation for her six weeks of healing. And, and you know, and, and that's the way it should be. And I, I, I think it was more than enough. And in fact, I noticed her driving a new car um, a few months later and we waved and everything is fine. So, you know, the third thing I'm going to share with you that happened all along the same time period of what I call a very chaotic time in our lives. And, you know, one might ask, well, how could all of these things happen at one time? Well, I believe that I was sort of put on a whole new trajectory of life. Um, when Richard died. And on that new trajectory, it, it was a lot for me to manage, you know, a lot. And while you don't sweat the small stuff at all on that, you know, when you're, when you're living the big stuff, there's, there's so much going on and, and there, it, it becomes sort of a time period where um, 
your life almost imitates the chaos and the trauma that you've been through. And this is certainly what I, I think happened. And I had a third incident where I had a life coach and a really trusted life coach that I hired. And I worked with this person for a couple of years and, and really, really trusted this life coach. And this life coach took advantage of that trust and embezzled fraudulently. Embezzled isn't really the right, right word, but fraudulently um, stole $100,000 from me by presenting me with an investment opportunity that was non-existent. And I didn't do due diligence. He knew I wouldn't do due diligence. Um, but I participated. And so at any rate, I call it my $100,000 education um, in investment opportunities. <laughs> so this all happened and all completed in the last year. And all of these things really taught me so much. I mean, it really taught me the biggest lesson of all, which is that when you stay tuned into love, you can really transform any situation with love. You know, any situation can be transformed through love and forgiveness and by keeping life in perspective. And you have to understand that throughout all of this, I have been incredibly productive, incredibly creative, and I've been raising um, my kids as a single mom through the past nine years and also helping my daughter with grandkids and so forth. So there's been a lot of life that's happened and that's the point. But as a year of completions and my emergence from that, I feel so much more whole. And it's just as Joseph Campbell says, I really, I really somehow took the heroine's journey. Um, if you haven't watched Joseph, uh, this, this uh, documentary called um, Finding Joe by Patrick Takea Solomon. I highly recommend it. It's very powerful. And in this documentary, um, he talks about Joseph Campbell's work as Joseph Campbell created this, really saw this archetypal um, story within all mythology, within all mythology. And what I glean from this is this. It's not just me, it's, it's my friends who have done great work in the world, who have come out of tragedy. I mean, I think of Christina Rasmussen, who came out of a very, just our, our journeys are so incredibly similar. I think of how courageous and what a heroine she's been for others. You know, I think of all of the people that I know that have, that choose not to be a victim, but choose to be a victor amidst some very traumatic circumstances and you know I, I it's so fascinating because in this work with um joseph campbell in the heroine's journey or the hero's journey he he says that you know you you have this initiation this initiatory challenge in my case i had several it was it came from richard's death it came from the stalker it came from the other you know obstacles that were in my path but my heroine's journey had to do with me choosing to step in and, and really step into um, all of the roles that Richard played in our lives and all of the roles that I played. 
And you could see how all of these dramas in their own way, they initiated something within me. They, they taught me something about investing. They taught me something about taking a stand with courage um, amidst, um, amidst a, a somebody who, who wanted to do harm to me and my family. You know, it, it taught me how to be courageous and strong and call on justice. Um, you know, I learned that I had to have a lot more um, due diligence. I learned that I had to be more careful. You know, I, I couldn't be distracted. You know, that day when I didn't put Bear on the leash, you know, I, I did that. I chose not to put him on the leash. I learned that I, I can't be distracted. I have to be completely present in my decisions or there could be serious ramifications. All of these things coming to completion this year have brought me into this very place of sovereign strength. And so that's my word for 2016. It's to be a sovereign woman. What's your word? I hope that this has inspired you to think about the new year and what you'd like to embrace in your coming new year. Please spend some time noticing and appreciating what has completed for you. Spend some time noticing the blessings and also pat yourself on the back for the obstacles that you've overcome. And think of that word and embrace that word and see if that doesn't offer you inspiration, hope, and encouragement for the new year. Happy New Year to all of you who are listening. I'm so excited to share more Don't Sweat Wisdom with you this year and to be um, moving into a whole new beginning, that that is the power of all endings in our lives, is that they open the doors to a new beginning. Cheers to that. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening to Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff, with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. Visit christinecarlson.com to receive 30 days of Don't Sweat Wisdom delivered to your inbox. And remember to subscribe to this podcast now to receive Don't Sweat Wisdom from Chris every week.